and I, the almighty, the loving, the kind, the full of grace, the mercy of God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that the same glory that you gave Jesus, he has given to us according to your word. And we've come today to honor you, to bless you, to praise you, to lay down ourselves, Lord, before you. And we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your gentleness. We thank you that you would open our eyes, that we would see you truly. We thank you that our ears are open to hear what you have to say and only what you have to say. May the intentions of my heart and the, the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you, Lord, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, guests. Welcome, family. Um, today, we're going to continue in our series, <coughs> Living Behind the Veil. Bye, sweethearts. Have fun. Have a good time. Enjoy the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Living behind the veil and all that means. That's our journey. That's a lifelong journey. And what a better thing to be studying before Resurrection Sunday comes. Something we need to meditate on and hold in our hearts. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. So last week, we ended with the, well, we ended in Hebrews 5, and we were studying that it's important to move on from the milk to the meat of the Word. And we do this by constant training. We, con we are constant in training ourselves to distinguish good from evil, to distinguish carnal from the spirit. So we're going to continue today in Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God, instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now we know all those things are important, right? Those are fundamental truths that are important. But, but here in Hebrews, we are being instructed to go on for the fullness, to grasp the glory, to understand what resurrection life really is, to walk in it, to draw close to Jesus. It says, and God permitting, we will do so. So basically, this is saying, let's grow up, let's become mature, let's become disciples, prepared, 
prepared to go into all the world and to walk in our authority, to walk in the Holy Ghost, okay? And I'm going to give you a couple scriptures that corroborate this same idea. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, say that, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, who's he talking to here? Yes, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It is important that you embrace the Holy Spirit. Whether it makes you comfortable or uncomfortable, it's just as much a part of the Trinity as the Father and Son. Hallelujah. And surely I am with you always. Get that. I am with you always. I'm always with you. Say, he is always with me to the very end of the age. Another scripture, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Say, I have the Holy Spirit power. Amen. And how he went around doing good and healing all. All. Guess what? You're not an exception to the all. And it doesn't matter what kind of healing. It's all of it. Who were under the power of the devil. Now, a better translation of that from the Aramaic says, healing those, healing those oppressed by the evil one. Okay? Because you, you don't, I just want to put it this way, you're not under the power of the devil anymore. You see that? That's why the other one's a better translation. Because if you are born again, if you are saved by the blood of Jesus, you are no longer under the power of the evil one. And you need to realize that. Okay? All right. Because why? Because God was with him. God is with you. Say, God is with me. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Hallelujah. And you are going to see Jesus. Hallelujah. He was not seen by all the people. Okay, get this. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Now, the Lord just put this in my spirit. That, does not, that is not a teaching about just some people are chosen. No, absolutely wrong. That is not a predestined type theology. It doesn't say that. It says chosen, and what does it follow? 
by us who ate and drank with him after he rose. So when you receive him, you eat and drink of Jesus every day. That is how you are chosen. You choose to eat and drink and sup and commune with him every day, moment by moment. So that should throw the whole predestination thing out the window. He wishes that none should perish. Okay? He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Okay, I want to give you one more. 1 John 3, 8. I'm reading from King James. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Listen. For this purpose. Because of that. Because there's a remedy. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. If you are a born-again, blood-bought child of the living God, the works of the devil have been, I said, have been destroyed in your life. And you are meant to be a devil destroyer in other people's lives. Okay? He is manifested through us when we eat and drink and sup and commune and have our union with him. We pursue this. We pursue this. So who were the witnesses? The witnesses were those who made their abode with Jesus. Are you going to make your abode with Jesus? They walked, they ate, they journeyed with Jesus. Are you going to walk and sup and journey with Jesus? They, were, they, they left everything to follow and obey him. Are you willing to leave whatever he asks you to leave in order to follow him? Are you? Seriously, seriously. Now you just stop and think about it. Stop and think about it. Don't make a commitment to him that you aren't willing to keep. He'll help you. He will help you. Are you willing to put down anything that he asks you to do, or to go forth in any way he asks you to go forth, to follow and obey him. Yes. You know, and the thing is, they left everything, and they, you know what? They didn't do it perfectly. But what is God after? Your heart's. Does he know your heart? Does he judge you by your heart? Does he judge your heart? Were the disciples perfect? Did they follow perfectly? Did they never make a mistake? You see? It's a willingness to follow. We must have hearts 
to know him more and to know him fully. Regardless of how much you think you know him right now, our commitment is to know him more, to know him fully, because we are meant to manifest Jesus. You are meant to manifest Jesus. And guess what? He's proud of you. (laughs) I don't know who that's for, but he just told me to say that. He is proud of you. He is proud of you. Quit looking at the shortcomings. Okay? Just keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. He will show himself faithful and true. So when we manifest Jesus, when we, when we do this, when we press hard after him, we will be his manifestation here, and it pleases him. So beloved, if we want to walk in Jesus' fullness, which how many in here want to do that? I want to do that. If we want to walk in his fullness, we must commune with him in fullness. Okay? We commune with him in his fullness. We learn of him. We're willing to suffer. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. You're going to have to suffer sometimes. (laughs) People will bring persecution. We must be willing to suffer with him just as he suffered for us. We must be willing to lay down self, okay? We must be willing to seek him intimately. And that means stop running. Stop running. It's okay. Lay it down before him. You will only get love. That's all you're going to get. If you're getting condemnation, then that's someone else who has a problem and doesn't know that Jesus loves them or doesn't know how much Jesus loves them. Okay? So whatever it is, whatever you think is too shameful or too embarrassing or too difficult, lay it down. He loves you and he will love you through it. We must be willing to obey. We must be willing to pay the price. We must be willing to leave the basics and press on to the meat. We must keep, we we have to stop rehashing just this like basic salvation package. I'm saved and going to heaven. Oh, that's really glorious. But he's got a whole lot more for you to do here than to glory in your eternity. Yes, your eternity is glorious if you are saved. If you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and King. Okay? Hebrews 6, 1, I'm just reminding you, these were the elementary truths. It tells us to move on. Repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of the hands, the resurrection of dead, and eternal judgment. Like I said, all those are important, but we're out for more, more, more revelation. We are going, what are we going for? We are going for the glory. 
We are going for the glory. It belongs to us as it belongs to Jesus when we are in him. We are going for immersing, immersing. Say, I will immerse myself in Jesus. Immersing. Not ankle deep, not knee deep, not waist deep. Swimming, immersing ourselves in the river, Holy Spirit River, river of living water. Immerse me, O Lord. Immerse me. The very presence of God manifested in our lives, in our midst. We are going for the greater. And you know what? Jesus told us to do this. Listen, John 14, 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, okay, this is Jesus, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone, anyone, Anyone who has faith in me, not faith in you, not faith in your works, not faith in how good you can be, faith in him, will do what I have been doing. You will do what he has been doing. There is no question about that. He will do even greater things. And that isn't just numerical. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You have just been given the key to the kingdom right there because it says, I am going to the Father. What is that? That is union with the Father. (coughs) That is union with the Father. What, what about those scriptures we just read? I am with you always. I am with you always. Union. You need to understand the fullness of your union. Quit allowing demonic speech, demonic forces to tell you that your union is severed. Are you purchased by the blood or are you not? Is it your sin, mistakes, is it that that sends you to hell? No. Figure it out, beloved. Get the whole gospel. It is denying the Christ. If your sin sent you to hell, not a single one of us could ever go to heaven. Kind of quiet. Guess you need to read your Bible a little better. I'm not backing off. 
So, we need to not become lazy. That's our job. We need to not be slothful. That's our job. We need to not be satisfied with our current state. There is always room for more. More more understanding, more revelation of what Christ has done for us. Hebrews 6, 9. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, in other words, he was telling them, you know, to move on, to not just be uh, satisfied with the basics, okay? Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case. He is so confident of better things in your case. You need to be confident of better things in your case. Things that accompany salvation. Now, if just salvation was enough, he wouldn't say that there had to be things that accompany it. Right? It says here, things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He's not going to forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So he's, he's very pleased with the things that you have done to help people continue in Jesus. You growing is a continuous help to other people. Do you realize that? You growing in Christ is a continuous help to other people. You have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end. Show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. In order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience, faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. Faith and patience help you possess the fullness. So we have a part to play We have a duty to discharge. We have a mission to oversee and to conduct. And we are here to pursue it. Our faith, your faith, my faith, our steadfastness, our perseverance, and patience guarantee guarantee that we inherit the promises of God. They, those factors, those characteristics make our hope sure. That's what the scripture just told us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. Okay, does he say 
They're yes only if you understand it. Does he say they're yes um, unless the facts on this earth look way different? No, he just says they're yes. That's what he says. He says they're yes in Christ. And so through him, through him, the amen. Through him. Not through you, not through your works. Not through how much you're doing. Through him. They are amen. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You get to speak the amen to the glory of God. Okay, what is amen? That means you're receiving it. That means it's done. That means it's finished. That means possession. That means manifestation. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You can do it better. I know you can. I know you can. You can do better than that. Get up. <coughs> Amen. Can anybody play it? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Glory to you. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Amen. Come on, who's got another verse? Who's got another verse? I'm serious. Holy. 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 Holy are you. Holy. 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 Holy are you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to our Lord and King. Hallelujah for everything you've done. Hallelujah for the blood you shed. Hallelujah for the ascension that you have given us. Hallelujah for resurrection life in me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have no idea where I was. I know I, I know I had a point. That was the point. That was the point. That was the point. 
<laughs> and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You know, he is glorified when you become his manifestation here, when you believe the promises, when you don't quit, when you don't give up. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Listen, he anointed us. You have an anointing from the Holy One. He anointed us. So we do this by the Holy Spirit. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts. He already did it when you were born again. He put his spirit in your heart. as a deposit. Now, oh, the Lord just spoke this to me. Okay, he just now told me this. Never before did he tell me this when I was reading that scripture. Did you get the word deposit? What does a deposit do? It grows! It grows and it grows and it grows and it grows! He put a deposit in you. Do not be ashamed of the fact that you need to grow. Glory in that he loves to help you grow. Quit looking at the faults of the past. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Hallelujah. Just be thankful that he knows that you need to grow and he has given you an anointing as a seal upon you, guaranteeing that you will grow and possess the fullness of Christ. (sighs) Hallelujah. He has put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So we are going to be diligent. We are not going to believe anything else. We are going to listen to the Holy Spirit in every circumstance until the end. Well, there is no end. (sighs) (laughs) On this earth until we get there with him. Okay? (laughs) We, when we do this, what happens? Every time we do this, we are making our hope sure. I am burning up. Woo! I would take this off and then you all are going to see my mic. Man, I am like sweating. Okay. Hope looks forward. Onward march. Christian soldiers. What about that song? Who remembers that song from when they were little? Yeah. So hope looks forward. It looks forward. It doesn't look to the past. Hope looks forward. And guess what, beloved? It lives 
in the promise now. Hope, hope, it glories. It glories in the fulfillment of the promise before it sees it come to pass. Am I too loud? What's that song? What is that song? It's going to get loud. What is it? What? It might get loud. I want to hear that song. <laughs> so hope glories in the fulfillment of the promise before it sees it comes to pass. So we have to cultivate hope in our lives. We must cultivate hope. Those tormenting thoughts that come to speak about failure, about past mistakes, about your past reputation, say, shut up. Shut up. Get out of my presence. You know what? If there are people in your life that are speaking to you that way, you maybe need to excommunicate them. You are not the one that is meant to be running. You are to stand in your identity in Christ and face it and say, I am a new man. I am a new woman. Just like Paul said, though he murdered, though he sent them to prison, though he got papers to incarcerate them, what did he say? I have wronged no man. He was not going to listen anymore. And I don't even know if I should go here because it's a whole nother teaching. <laughs> but I'm just going to say something to you. When, the, when he was talking about the thorn, and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. That was not sickness. You go back. You study it. You know what that thorn was? It was people. People. What's the word? Coming against. It was people pushing back at his new created life. It was people trying to bring him back into darkness, speaking darkness. Go look it up. That's what thorn means every time it's used. It was not sickness, so don't ever say again that because you're sick you have a thorn in your side. We must agree with God. We must agree with God. We must agree with God. It's what brought me back from heaven. We must agree with God. And your prayers help people agree with God. We must agree with God. We must embrace all the fullness in our minds, in our spirits, before we see the good result, before we see the outpouring. 
before we see the breaking down of the walls and the barriers that are trying to keep us from our fullness. We must live now in the outpouring before we see it. We must expect. We must expect the glory. We must expect sometimes I don't even want to use that word because I think there's so much misunderstanding, but it's really a very simple, it's really a very simple thought. I mean, it's very wonderful. I'm not minimizing its grandness, but we make it much harder to conceptualize than it really is. We must expect the hope. We must not compromise God's promises if the word says it, be convinced of the outcome before you see it. When the word says you're healed, don't be satisfied with anything less than that. When it says you're provided for, when it says it gives you joy or peace or whatever, forgiveness, forgiveness. When it says you're forgiven, believe you're forgiven. Quit walking in unforgiveness for yourself. You see that? Don't stop halfway and say, oh, well, hey, that's actually better than what I had before, so it's good enough. No, that's still stopping short, even if it's better than what you had before. Go for the fullness of everything that Christ has for you. Don't be fearful of believing for the fullness of the promise. Don't be fearful of that. Go on to the completion. Go on to the finished work. Did Jesus say it is finished? Yes, he said it is finished. Hallelujah. So by faith and patience, we demand our inheritance. By faith and patience, we demand our inheritance. You see, faith grasps the all of God. Eyes of faith see the all, the everything. They see the all of God. It believes the all of God, okay? That, that's what faith does. It, it, it looks forward to the all of God, okay? Patience, okay, that's the long-suffering part. That's the part that is the perseverance of faith, okay? That's patience, the perseverance of the faith, the steadfastness of faith. You see, patience does not give up. Patience tells faith. Patience tells faith to be renewed every day. You have to renew your faith every day in the word. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Patience tells faith that it's renewed, to be renewed. And it brings strength to our souls. See that? Okay. Hebrews 6.13. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Okay, we're going to get a new insight on this today. You, you guys probably already have it anyway, so it's probably not new. 
And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. So faith accepts the promise as true. Patience inherits the promise, okay? Faith accepts the promise as true. Patience, steadfastness, perseverance receives, inherits the promise. So daily diligence and perseverance are indispensable in your walk, in your journey, to our growth and our strength in God. Indispensable. It's not of your might. It's, it, 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 it's rest in God. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We just read about that, okay? So steadfastness, steadfastness is a refusal, refusal to believe anything but the word. That's steadfastness. I'm going to stand fast on the foundation of the rock of Jesus, the word made flesh unto me. Okay? And it will see the promise come to pass. So I am not, you are not, going to be satisfied with the sum of God. And I don't mean S-U-M. Of course we would be satisfied with the sum of God, S-U-M. But not the S-O-M-E. That sum. Okay, we're not going to be satisfied with that. We're going to press on to the all of God, the all of God, the all of God, and not simply be satisfied, saved, and going to heaven. No, not, yeah, that's half, that makes me joyful, yes, but, but that's not all. We will see, he intends you to see his glory here. Here. We will see his outpouring here. 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 The floodgates open here. The inpouring here. The fullness here. His goodness. Because we are going to walk united with God, in union with God, and because of the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, united with one another. United with one another. Hallelujah. And we will walk, I'm prophesying this over you, in his presence in fullness. In his presence in fullness. I will not be satisfied until I see the multiplication of God life in me, through me, in you, through you. That's what I was saying that 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 verse about Abraham, the one about Abraham, okay? I'm getting to that. He has told us what to go forth and multiply 
to go forth and multiply. And I take that to mean not only like numerical, I take that to mean I, you, are a multiplication of his nature, of his character, of his life here on earth. You say, I am the multiplication of God's life here on earth, of his nature here on earth, of his character here on earth. I didn't hear a single one of you say that. Thank you. Say, I multiply Jesus. He's multiplied in me. So you see, the blessing of God includes his power, revelation of divine life in me, which will make me fruitful and it will make me a blessing to others. And seeing his life, his love, his victory, multiplied through me, multiplied through you to others. Say, it's done. It's finished. Hebrews 6.14 says, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Okay? Now we all always think of that one way. We think of that one way. To Abraham, this was the promise of many descendants because he obeyed God. He was willing to sacrifice Isaac, the son of God's promise, to multiply Abraham's descendants here on the earth. Yes, we know that, we know that. But Abraham and Abraham was willing to sacrifice, listen, he was willing to sacrifice everything he had. Are you? So, but if you go beyond, beyond just the physical descendants, this is a multiplication of disciples here on the earth, a multiplication. Do you understand that? Are you getting that? A multiplication of his plans and his purposes through you. Well, he has to have disciples that are willing to lay down themselves, Right? By, by doing what? By living in communion with God. By living obedient to him, submitted to him. By living, we will live, when we do that, we are going to live in his glorious presence here on earth. Don't tell me my head is in the clouds. My feet could not be any more on the solid rock foundation than they are right now, when I say this. I don't mean like, I don't make mistakes. That wasn't the implication. But the implication is, 
that, that this is a solid place to stand. Okay? Replicating Jesus. Replicating Jesus. I am going to replicate Jesus. Say that. The Aramaic and the King James. Same verse, say. And he said, blessing, I shall bless you. Multiplying, I shall multiply you. Jesus, God's flesh here on the earth, became, becomes multiplied through you and me to fill the earth unto his glory. You are mighty important to the Lord. Now don't let that go to your head, let it go to your heart. <laughs> okay? Let it go to your heart. Let it seep so deep into your heart that nobody will ever tell you you're doing anything differently than that. Okay, his love, his passion, his goodness, his will, his plan, whatever you want to call it, his purpose. Hebrews 6.16. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Okay, this is men, and that's what an oath does. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose. His purpose has never changed. The unchanging nature of his purpose. Very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, listen, listen, we who have fled, we who have fled to take hold, I will flee to take hold of the hope offered. The hope has been offered. The hope of salvation and the hope of the meat. To us may be greatly encouraged. Be encouraged, beloved. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Listen, listen. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, living behind the veil. It's the purpose. Grasping, walking, having faith, persevering in that hope, knowing that it is true, knowing that it is for you, knowing that it is to be manifested in your life. It, that allows you, that takes you, that transcends you, that, that transports you behind the veil, living behind the veil in the ascendancy of Christ Jesus. where Jesus, 
who went before us has entered on our behalf. He entered for you. He entered for you. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We're going to study that in later chapters. Beloved, those of us who have put our hope in Jesus must be greatly encouraged. Be greatly encouraged. Be greatly encouraged. Quit listening to the darkness, to the naysayers, the mistakes, the failures, the past. Quit doing that. Be encouraged. God wishes for us to trust him. God wishes, he longs, God longs to show himself to you. He longs, it is the passion of his heart to show himself to you in glory, in fullness, in the completeness of Christ, in the finished work, in the ascended life. So faith is depending on God to do what you cannot do. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. But God can. But God can. Hallelujah. So we have to surrender in fullness, surrender in the fullness of our heart, surrender in the fullness of our heart, be still and know and allow. So much of it has to do with you. Allow him to do his work. Allow him to do his work in you by the Holy Spirit. Faith gives God place. It gives God place as God in your life. Faith in God gives him place as God, as all of God in your life. So, Scripture just told us that he confirmed his promise with an oath. Hebrews 6.13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. In the ESV it says, wherein God, being minded to show more abundantly more abundantly, more abundantly unto the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel interposed with an oath. Okay? So he gave us his oath. His. Not a man oath. God gave us his oath, his unchanging nature, his promise, his purpose. He gave us an oath to make all that clear. To make his purpose very clear. He swore by himself. There is none greater. He swore by himself for you. He pledged himself as security for you of every promise that he has given us to abundantly show us 
that his promises, his purpose, and his counsel are immutable. They're immutable. They're unchangeable. They are permanent. They are fixed. They are unyielding. They are unshakable. They are unvarying. They are inflexible. They are not able to be eradicated. They are not reversible. They are not voidable. They are dependable. They are sure. They are true. Your God is dependable. So, those of us who take hold, take hold of Jesus and the hope that he has offered us will, will enter behind the veil. We will enter Jesus with Jesus tearing the veil, tearing the veil. The mystery of an open heaven. You see that? You get to enter. No longer a mystery. The mystery is that we enter with Jesus. We enter with Jesus. We have to know this, beloved. We have to get this, beloved. What is Resurrection Sunday about? We're preparing our hearts. We are preparing our hearts. We get to enter the holiest of holies with our Lord. The presence of God, union with the Father, all of the splendor of the Father intended for you. So hope, hope, enters behind the veil. You get that? Okay. Jesus is our forerunner, and we're simply meant to follow him through. We follow him. We are meant by God to follow him. We now have a better hope. We have a better hope by which we draw nigh unto God. We have the hope, we have the hope of every as yet unseen promise in the scripture. See that? Where our hearts live in Christ. My heart, say my heart lives in Christ. My heart beats with Christ. You see, our hope lives in him. Say my hope lives in him. It lives in him. And all that he died to give us and all that he ascended to secure for us. You see that? Do you understand? Are we understanding what he has secured? It is an entirely new way of life. It is our new and living way. It is our new and living way. We have entered into an entirely, entirely transcendent new way of life. Just remember how Jesus said to Martha when Martha said, you know, if you had been here, he would have lived. Remember that? Okay? And he said, Martha, if you would only believe, <laughs> you would see the resurrection. Okay? 
If you would only believe, you would see the resurrection. That's, he intends that for us. He wouldn't have said it if we couldn't see it. He wouldn't have said that. Our resurrection life, living behind the veil, life transported, transported, into heaven's gates, through heaven's gates, into an open heaven. Life transported into God's kingdom, but here, brought here, brought nigh. And that includes every single manifestation. You know, you're, you're, I know, I know, you're sitting there like, oh, uh, I, I don't see that. Okay, well, get your hope going. Yeah, do I admit that there are discrepancies in life? Have you seen discrepancies in your, in your life? Where maybe the word said one thing and something else happened? Okay, but that doesn't change God. That doesn't change God's intent. That doesn't change God's intent for you the next time. So if there's a discrepancy, we hope longer. We don't give up. We don't turn away. We don't turn around. We keep the hope the next time for ourselves and for somebody else. Would I ever change because I see pain that happens in a person's life when the manifestation doesn't match the word? Would I ever change what I profess to be true? No. Because God is not a liar. And he tells me his word will never return void. And just because I don't understand something doesn't mean I am going to get off the rock. I am not going to dive off the foundation. I am going to continue in hope. Because he has for us, he truly has for us every manifestation of his glory and goodness here on this earth. And it will come to pass in our yielding, in our communing with him, in our abiding in him, in our learning obedience through suffering sometimes, in our pleasure to do his will. Jesus said, I have come to do the Father's will. That was pleasing to the Father. I choose to please the Father, to seek after him and him alone, his will and his will alone, in our willingness to repent. We have to repent sometimes, beloved. But what's on the flip side of the repentance? Quit hitting yourself over the head once you've repented. Did Christ have to die more than once? So when you've repented, you've repented. Don't keep killing him over and over. You see what I'm saying? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh Lord, oh Lord, allow my heart, allow my heart to be fully enveloped fully enveloped by you. Allow my heart to be fully 
enveloped by you, trusting you, trusting you, even when it doesn't make sense, trusting you, allow my spirit to see your glory. Allow my spirit to see your glory. You can, you can say this because he has it for you. You see that? Allow my spirit. Help my heart to know full-on communion with you. Full-on communion with you. He's already told us that nothing can separate us from his love. So allow me to live full-on, full-throttle communion with you. The glory of Jesus has been opened up to us, beloved. The glory of Jesus. His ministry, his ministry of heaven, he's ministering it to you now. Do you understand that? The very ministry of heaven, he is here to minister to, to you now. We have been given this tremendous, this amazing, this miraculous opportunity to possess the all of heaven, the all of Christ. It's his heart for you. His ministry now as our high priest sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? Sitting. It gives me, it gives you the opportunity. It gives you the opportunity. It gives you, it prepares you. It enables you. It enables you to enter into the full personal blessing of Christ united in your life, consumed in his presence. So that's what the Lord had me share with you today. So, dear Lord, let your word be true and every man a liar. <laughs> Help us to see, give us revelation, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to know all the fullness that you truly have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we're going to take communion, and when we take communion, I want you to think about this. I want you to think. It says that we are to remember what he has done. We're to remember him. We're to, we're to remember the finished work. So remember that you have been taken behind the veil with your Lord, protected, blessed, surrounded, and filled. Remember that when you take communion. It's his body and his blood that did that for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Does everybody have their elements? If there's anything hounding you in your life, when you take this, 
This is communion. This is the communion table. This is the communion table. Receive from him what it is that you need today. Thank you, Lord. That you walked to that cross, regardless of the cost, for me, for each and every person here. You took the thorns, the beating, the humiliation. You took it. When people spat on you, you saw me. And you didn't give up. <laughs> you never gave up. You never gave up. You did it for me. You did it for every person in this room. We can't thank you enough. So right now, we take this body and we thank you for what you've done. In your most holy name, Jesus. poured your blood out for us, Lord. Every drop, you said mercy. Every drop, you said I forgive. Oh, Lord, how could we ever thank you enough? So right now, we just come before you. We lay down every mistake, every burden, every sin, every weight we lay it down before you Lord Jesus and we thank you for healing us for forgiving us, for loving us for being merciful and kind and long suffering oh Lord thank you that you did it for us thank you, thank you, thank you in your most holy name Jesus Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord loves you. You are precious in his sight. You are precious in his sight. We will accept your, we're going to accept the tithes. We're going to accept the offerings and the first fruits. And I thank you, Lord that as seeds are sown into your kingdom, a mighty harvest of blessing is unto the people. Lord, that your seed has within it your life and it grows and brings life to those around us and to, to us and to our families. And Lord, I thank you for your blessing upon each and every person and each and every person's family. Lord, I thank you that you know the desires of their hearts and as we commit them to you that you give them the desires of their heart that you counsel them with a loving eye and that your perfect plans and purposes are perfected in their lives in Jesus mighty name Amen Hallelujah
lunch with pastor to the 18th. I know Emma put it in there, but it had gotten changed a couple times, and so uh, it's going to be at Old Dutch at 1230 on the 18th. Um, if you could sign up, that would be great, so I know how many to tell them are coming. That would be awesome. And if anyone needs special prayer, I'm here. So you are dismissed in Jesus' mighty name. fishermen and making them disciples over palm branches